Welcome, welcome back, y'all, to another episode of UARC. It's your host, Summer. And Zip. Coming to you raw and direct, talking about some hard topics that UARC students face. All right, you guys, so let's go ahead and dive in. Today, we're going to be talking about sexual assault and what all that entails. Um, just to put out a trigger warning, this is a very sensitive topic for some, and we do not aim to make anyone feel uncomfortable. If this topic is hard for you, we do advise that you please reach out to CAPS, or if it's just too overwhelming, um, you can skip this episode and go on to the next. So our guest today is Grace and Megan, and we'll go ahead and let them introduce themselves. Okay, I guess I'll go first. Um, my name is Grace. I'm the president of SHU, Sexual Health Organization and Outreach, and I'm so excited to be on this podcast today. Awesome. Hi, I'm Megan. I'm one of the No Woman Left Behind interns on campus, which is a program within housing, and we do different program initiatives on consent, bystander intervention, and healthy relationships to all residents on campus. Awesome, awesome. So, Grace, if you could just tell us a little bit about SHU and what you guys do and what you guys have to offer. Yeah, so um, we are an RSO that I started back in February, so I'm the founder and the president of it. Um, We pretty much just raise awareness for sexual health education, um, sexually transmitted diseases. We try to end the stigma. Um, We face hard topics like consent and sexual assault, as well as STIs, STDs. Um, And yeah, we're pretty much just an RSL that tries to raise awareness through our Instagram page, through bringing different guest speakers um, on campus. We recently had one from the CDC. But yeah, we're partnering with No Woman Left Behind in December, so that'll be Mm -hmm. really exciting. Awesome. What program are you guys uh, throwing together? So we're doing a program, uh, Cookies, Consent, and Contraceptives. Ooh, nice. It's kind of intertwined really well. Mm -hmm. So could you tell us a little bit about um, No Women Left Behind as well? Yeah, so No Women Left Behind is a program within housing. So right now there's two interns, myself and my co-Siana. I live in Adohi and she lives in Reed, and we work on creating programs that are either active discussions or passive tabling within the different residence halls on campus and we program on things like sexual assault awareness, bystander intervention, consent, healthy relationships to make students a little bit more aware about the campus climate. Mm, Got you. And so what both of you guys are talking about is consent. So could you guys speak a little bit about like how how consent works like of course we may, we may all know but some people don't so like what all do you think goes into consent oh gosh um, <laughs> i think it's it's so much more in depth than people think mm-hmm. i think we're given this kind of cookie cutter version of something that's been so overly like dramatized in pop culture mm-hmm. that we think it is purely just one thing of if you say no, but consent takes on so many different forms. And I think it works really well with what Grace does with SHU, like especially with STDs and STIs, having that consent and open communication is an extremely large part of any relationship. And it's freely given and you can say no at any point in time and silence doesn't mean that someone's saying yes. So I think there's so many facets of it and Mm -hmm. it's so, diverse of an issue that people don't understand the full extent of it and I think that's where we see a lot of problems with individuals not really understanding if something has happened to them so then they're not able to seek the resources and support they need. I think too a big one especially in college that I always am a huge advocate for is that you cannot give consent if you are intoxicated. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, you know, after a few drinks, if you're drunk, I feel like it's very common, to, you know, to go to a party and hook up with somebody. Yeah. But you legally cannot give consent. Um, and I think also a big one that I deal with a lot is informed consent with STIs and STDs. Mm -hmm. um, I started SHU because I have herpes. So for me, it's very important to tell my partners, you know, I have this STI. Right. Um, and that's, you know, giving them the opportunity to give me consent, you mm -hmm. know, to, you know, and it's, it's, it's a complex thing. Yeah. 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 I think it's always been, there's just not enough education out there and yeah. the issue is especially that I've seen is and I especially I dealt with coming into colleges we always have this idea in the back of our heads oh well it, it won't happen to me like people hear about it and it's like oh stories through the grapevine and xyz and then when you start to really dive in and divulge what consent is you realize that it's not just saying no in the moment like you said you can't get consent if you're under the influence of anything you can't give consent if you're a minor it's freely given and it has to be mutual respect mm -hmm. and consent mm -hmm. for one action is not consent for another yes. i think yes. there are so many different levels and the issue is people just come in not really understanding what yeah. they're getting into right okay so i wanted to ask you what inspired you to found and like start your health or outreach organization? Yeah, so I got herpes, like I mentioned, and I didn't really see a lot of resources on campus for that. Mm -hmm. You know, I had my doctor at Pat Walker, Dr. Paulson, she's amazing. <laughs> um, shout out her. And um, I had her and she was great. She would send me resources, but for the most part, it was me kind of navigating it by myself. I watched a lot of TED Talks on herpes. Mm -hmm. I watched, I did a lot of research on it, um, sex education. And what I found was that sex ed is so lacking in high schools and middle schools, even elementary Definitely. schools. Like there's, there's nothing and there's no sex ed in college unless you take like a specific human sexuality class or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but not everyone gets the opportunity, opportunity to take that. So I kind of wanted to create something that was easily accessible, um, that would provide condoms to anyone and everyone that pro would provide lube, um, that would provide sex education to the campus. I partner with the Department of Wellness, the Gender Studies Program, mm -hmm. sometimes even Pat Walker, and we just try to raise awareness in, in the stigma. Yeah, I really like how like you're open of like speaking of like your own experience, like saying how you have herpes because like in this culture now, people like to shame us like, if you had an STD before, you have chlamydia, gonorrhea, or a yeast infection, or things of that sort. Even people, a UTI. Right. Like, they want to shame you so I bad. Last week. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Yeah. yeah. Like, they want to shame you for it, but it's like, for some women, it's natural. Like, um, you might have a yeast infection from wearing the wrong size underwear or something, exactly. or from a tampon, out. working out, or wearing a condom and they like yeah. got a bad reaction. Like, it happens, but some people don't want to talk about it because it's like, oh, they're going to think I'm disgusting. They're going to think I'm a whore or something. And that's not the case, no. but we don't talk about it enough. So people don't really think and they don't want to acknowledge it. And we can't blame them for it, of course, mm -hmm. but it becomes like, okay, when can we all become comfortable enough to want to talk about it? Yeah, two-thirds of the world has HSV-1. 67% mm -hmm. of the world 
So I'm, I'm like in the majority. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I think it's close to 500 million have HSV2, which is genital mm. herpes. Mm-hmm. Um, HSV1 is either cold sores or genital herpes, and then HSV2 is only genital herpes. Right, okay. okay. So, um, like, you're not alone at all. It's something that right. most people deal with. I think one in five people have an STI at any given time in America. Yeah. That's um, one of the most recent studies by the CDC. So you're, you know, there's a little community. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not alone. <laughs> not alone. No, not at all. Yeah. And I, what's crazy is I actually had a friend who unfortunately had got herpes. And now she's, at first when she had it, she was like, I'm never going to tell anybody about this. I can't believe this ever happened. And now she grew to the point where like, I'm just telling anybody. You know, it's something that I have to educate everybody on because I don't want to be ashamed. I don't want the next person behind me to be ashamed. So I feel like the more we'll talk about it, the more people will get comfortable and it won't be like a, have such of a negative backlash whenever somebody will want to like speak on it. No, yeah. And I really like how you said that, you know, in college there is no sex ed and in high school you get like a little bit, but it's just like coming to college, you realize that some people never even had it. Like the most that people were taught about sex ed is just like, don't have sex, you know what I mean? Or like don't have anything, any sexual like encounters with anyone. And then that's the only way to keep yourself safe. And I think that's crazy because it's just like, we're all supposed to come here to get like further education. And some of us didn't even get the proper one when we were younger. I was tabling the other day and had somebody come up to me almost in tears. And they were like, I've never seen a condom before. Oh, wow. And I was like, wow, like that's, that's bad, America. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we need to be doing better. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, and I think we, like, I'll just say personally, like, when I went to school, we didn't talk about sex education. That was never a thing. I just knew, like, the basic things, like, Camilla Gatorina, UTI, yeast infection. That was it. No is no. No is no. Yes is yes. That was it. And then when I came here, I actually took a gender studies course, and we started talking about, like, sexual harassment, sexual assault, and consent to that stuff. And then it started to click. Like, I've never heard of sexual, I'm going to mess up this word, but it's sexual coercion. There we go. (laughs) Never even heard of it before. And then once I learned about it, I was talking about it with my friend. I was telling her, like, this is what it is. And she said, now that you say it, that's happened to me multiple times. And now I don't know what to do. And I'm like, I never knew it was a thing either. But now we know, and now we know what to do further on. So if you guys, like, speak on more about, like, sexual harassment, assault, Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) I feel like it makes me really emotional, honestly. It's happened to so many people. Yeah. It's happened to me. It's happened to a lot of my friends. It's... It's very, very heavy. And I, like I said it before, I want to do this topic justice. So I need to think about it for a second. Yeah, no, no, no. Take it. I think it, it honestly just the amount of students that I've watched it, their wheels start to turn in their head. Something as simple as, like you said, just doing tabling and it's like that shock factor of if you, it's like telling them this one little bit of information of, well, if it was not a direct initial yes and they're saying everything they can to keep you in the position you're in, yeah, then you were coerced into doing something you didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. And it's it's heartbreaking to sit there and watch someone come to the realization of I am now a victim and survivor of sexual assault, right. rape, harassment, and it'll just take the life out of you. I mean, secondary trauma is real. And yeah. 
we experience it i don't know if you do i just about every day in my job mm -hmm. and it's it's hard to go through and be able to program on that because every time we do something or face something you're always going to have that small percentage of people who mm -hmm. just think everything you're saying is nonsense yeah, yeah or they are too cool to listen to what you're saying or there's just that unwavering ignorance of not being aware of anything and how it can affect them as well right. and it's crazy because if you look at the vast majority like just sitting in a room with us like one of us that's yeah. like a one in three statistic and that's just crazy like sitting in right. a classroom of 200 plus people that's such a large portion of the class and yeah i think we need to cultivate this environment of reaction response and responsibility to mm -hmm. educate our students before they even step foot on campus. Yes. That is the key to solving, not every problem, but making students more aware mm -hmm. and not just telling them, oh, don't leave your drink at a party or travel in groups because mm -hmm. that's so dated and so aged. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that doesn't <laughs> do much to help right. solve the stigma around what sexual assault, sexual harassment is. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and like when we sign up for classes, like for the very first time, like as freshmen, they make us do like an alcohol thing and like a sexual, yeah. and I'm like, that's it. Mm -hmm. That's that's all that we do. That's we finish the thing so that we could get our hold taken off so we can register for classes the next time. Mm -hmm. And that's it. There's nothing else. There's no education on what to do after or how to like, you know, address the situation, how to be better yeah. for yourself. If it were to happen, they just tell you like, of course, like, don't leave the party without the people that you came with, or don't yeah. leave your drink uncovered. Don't and walk home alone in the dark. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's. But that doesn't stop anything. No, like, not, it's still happening. Literally, I remember one time I was walking home. Uh, should never did this. It was like 3 a.m. and I was walking back to my car, and I'm on the phone with my friend, and y'all, I don't know, I can't remember the name of the apartments, but it was by Dixon. So I was like walking to where I parked that was behind DG house and going up that the little small hill, the dude, like he stops, he said, yeah, I'll take you right now and I'll F the sh out of you. And I was just like, oh, I don't, what do I even do after this? Like, I don't even know what to say. I was like, I'm still like not even close to my car. Like I have to hurry up and go. And I was like, I was just stuck there for a moment. Cause like, he could take me right now. Like, he's a man. He could probably be stronger than me. I don't know. Like, is this it? Like, is, yeah. is this the end right here, right now? But I feel like a lot of women sometimes, and men included, um, don't want to report it sometimes because it comes to the sense of, are they going to believe me? Are they going to say it's my fault? Is it because of what I wore? And, like, that's the number yeah, one thing. because why were you walking home late at night yeah. by yourself? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I don't know how to answer that question when I was walking home. I just... I wanted to go to my car and go home. But for some others, it's like, I was just wearing jeans and a shirt. How is that my fault at this in, point? In like broad daylight and yeah. with my friends or, yeah. And then like women start to believe themselves, maybe it is what I wore. And it's like, no, it's not you at all. It's the perpetrator. Exactly. Yeah. I think we also need a lot of education. Yeah. You know, I mean, God forbid on what to do after it happens. Mm -hmm because I have a friend who um, just went through that experience and they were extremely lost after it happened. You know, mm -hmm. they, had, they reported it, um, they were believed, but I don't know how far it's gonna go. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like they need to be given these resources, they need to be given yeah. um, just what to do. Like, yeah. 
like in, in your situation, how do you respond to that? How do you right. safely navigate that kind of situation? Mm -hmm. I just think there's so much more you can do than the school telling you, oh, cover your drink. Yeah. I also think a big part of it is placing an emphasis on triggering individuals mm -hmm. and that secondary trauma, I think. When we see reports, you have to look at it from the perspective of, obviously you can never be in a person's shoes who has gone through that. Yeah. But imagine you're reading it and you haven't ever really had an encounter like that. What is it gonna be like for somebody who has possibly been sexually assaulted, mm -hmm. raped or harassed, and there's absolutely no warning at all given beforehand. And right. now we're just triggering students left and right. It's like, what resources do they have after that? Because yeah. we have CAPS, and CAPS is great, but also yeah. CAPS is a resource that needs to be so much wider than it is because there's yeah. so many students on our campus, and it's so hard for them mm -hmm. to be able to help every single person. And we have a, now a new Title IX coordinator who is oh, fantastic. Good. That's great, yeah. Yes, she's heard great things. Yeah. She is oh, amazing. Okay. And I think we're slowly transitioning to create an environment where we're survivor driven mm -hmm. and making sure that those voices are amplified and not just saying, oh, well, you know, and giving the proper education that we need to because that's such a large component. But it's like, it's like you said, how do you even react in those situations? Yeah. And I think at, just as a student on campus in itself, like your safety should be valued. And if you don't feel safe, then what's the purpose? Mm -hmm. like, if I don't feel safe walking home from the library at midnight just right. to go home, then I, that ultimately diminishes my studying because I'm not gonna wanna go to campus that late. Or if I don't really feel like I have the resources to go out and then come back, mm -hmm. then I'm just sitting home stuck. Right. Yeah. I walked home from campus last night at 6.30 and it's pitch black. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And another issue, is that there's no lighting no. on this campus. No, no, no lighting on this campus. Um, and I was, I got whistled out when I was walking home last night. Oh, geez. At 6.30 at night. Like, it's not even 7 o'clock yeah. yet. Right. I was on FaceTime with my dad because um, I called him because I was like, listen, I need someone to be, be with me right. when I walk home. It's like a 10-minute walk. It's not bad. It was from the library. But it was 6.30. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, geez, this is like you just getting off of work. Yeah, you're, you're going straight to it. Like, yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy. I think that it, there just needs to be an accountability. Like, mm -hmm. I am a frequent runner, Me and too. so I run on campus, and I choose to run in what I feel comfortable in. Right, and as that you is should. never an invitation right. for someone to comment on mm -hmm. the way I look or to force themselves and. Just in one three-mile loop run on campus, I documented 10 different instances where I was either catcalled, stopped by someone, or no. just... I, like, it's the fact that you can't even feel at peace yeah. to run or walk, like, mm -hmm. 50 feet. Right. That shouldn't be acceptable. And I think there's just this power difference on campus. Mm -hmm. And... It's so hard to fix because people come from all over. And yeah. Like, yeah. like we said, like people do not get the education right. that they need starting out. So I think there just needs to be this accountability of mm -hmm. this is okay, this is not okay. And that's right. but just the baseline foundation of right. it. There's so much growth to do from that. But it's 
ridiculous that you can't walk home at 6.30 at night without feeling like right. you're going to get home safe or going for a run on campus or going yeah. to the gym, just going to the gym. And you should be able to wear your shorts if you want to. Just because you wear shorts in a tank top or a sports bra, that's yeah. your decision. No, that's yeah. Nobody else's business to be like, what you got on? Let me see something. Like, no, you're just minding your business. Y'all are going on y'all runs and that's it. Um, but I feel like some people like to say, oh, I was never taught that. I mean, I can't, I can't even get with that because, like, it's 2021 now. Yeah. You know right mm -hmm. from wrong. You know this is not right whether you were taught it or not. You've seen. And if you weren't, educate yourself. Yeah. Please. Ask, exactly. ask yeah. the questions that you need answered. And if you even have the slightest gut feeling that something is wrong about mm -hmm. what you're doing, that's it's probably wrong. wrong. Yeah. yeah. And if you're going to be in a group consensus where you're going to encourage that behavior, mm -hmm. then you're just as wrong as the person Exactly. The exactly. Yeah. Especially like during the acts, I feel like a lot of people never you know. I didn't even know this at first. Like while you're in the act and you're like, okay, yeah, we can do this, but then it turns around and you're like, okay, I don't want to do this, mm -hmm. but they still go ahead and do it. That's a whole other thing in itself that is very traumatizing because it's like, okay, you didn't want to do that, but we just did it, and now I feel guilty, but I can't exactly. report it because I, I laid down in the first place. Yeah. Or because so, I was drunk. Exactly. And that's. And now they don't feel like comfortable of how to even go around that because it's just like, maybe they feel like it's my fault. Yeah. 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 I, I think the other thing is too, like people have such a immense amount of shame mm -hmm. tied to being a survivor and because they're not aware of any of the resources or support necessary to continue on. And I think once something drastic happens, mm -hmm. people see it as, oh, it happened, it's done over with, but that person has to continue to live with that and deal with that on an everyday basis for the rest of their lives. And right. it's, how are you going to get that support to make sure that you're going to be okay every single day? Right. I think that's a very large component of how we're going to educate individuals and support them. And I think we need to have a culture of supporting survivors and believing survivors. And I think a, a large part of that came from last year with the protests that happened on campus oh, and the yeah. response that yeah. we got. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a great example of a time when voices were truly heard. Uh, exactly, yeah. I I wish I could have participated in that, but that was like really, really good because was he? They paid him twenty thousand dollars, and this. I think it was like twenty thousand and one dollar. It was like something over what yeah. the perpetrator had been paid. Yeah, and it's mm -hmm. like, what about her? What is she gonna get? Why does she have to go through this? And it's public now that he just mm -hmm. got sat here and got paid. And it's like, really? Like, now a lot of women on campus, or sometimes even men on campus, don't want to report it at all because, like, okay, I'm not gonna get. What any are they help. gonna do? Yeah. Write him a check and so, give him, you know, slap on, the wrist? on the wrist? Yeah. yeah. Like, where do we go from there? And it's like, ooh, what can't we do? No, yeah. Yeah, so, like, what do you guys think, like, we can improve more on campus? Well, like Megan was saying, just the support. Like, I mean, education to prevent it mm -hmm. and then support after it happens, if it happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the biggest thing in... We used to have this committee that worked with Title IX and it was all student run. Mm -hmm. okay. And they got rid of the committee and the new Title IX advisor, she's gonna bring it back, I think. Okay. So what we did in that committee was we looked at how are we showing students during orientation mm -hmm. 
education like how are we telling them yes like this is a reality and you need to be aware and this is what you can do and this is how it works like how are we doing that better so we talked about changing i don't know if you guys remember the orientation video but it's just so cut and dry mm -hmm. and it's dated yes yeah so dated and it doesn't really give off the direct like urgency that it needs to mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think that and also the courses that we have to take just to get a hold off our account this right. the freshmen i mean i i work in housing i live in a dorm yeah they come to me and they literally just click through it so yeah if you're not retaining any of the information that's prevalent there mm -hmm. then there's no foundation being built people aren't going to understand if they are a survivor of assault mm -hmm. but because they don't understand the baseline indications of that mm -hmm. so i think we just need a stronger introduction to what it is because we can talk till we're blue in the face of i didn't think it would happen to me uh i heard about it but that doesn't help those who have been affected by it mm -hmm. and i think the other thing is holding your friends accountable yes, yes. if, if yes. you're if your friend is saying something of an action that they did and it feels off to you then you as a student have the power to go report that mm -hmm. and you shouldn't be friends with an individual who has done something heinous like that's right that's foundational yeah that's, yeah. <laughs> that's common sense but i think that our title IX coordinator she's gonna do a lot Great. to yeah. initiate that change but i think we just need something that is almost specifically driven for survivors mm -hmm. to encourage mm -hmm. that support and we have support groups on campus yeah we have the sexual and relationship violence center on campus i mean shoot does a great job no yes. one left behind tries it's just the vast majority that we don't know about like, yeah we don't know everyone's stories and mm -hmm. i think there's also like a stigma behind going and seeking help mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like between going to a support group and it's it's difficult to you know show your face if, if that's what the support group is like if it's in person or if it's online or something mm -hmm. to say you know i am a victim of sexual assault mm -hmm. like to say that out loud for the first time for me was very hard to like grapple with the grapple with the fact that i am you know what i mean yeah. mm -hmm. so it's like it takes a lot of healing and yeah. of support to get to that point where you're able to say like this happened to me Mm -hmm. So I'm just such a big advocate of the fact that we need proper aftercare, proper yeah. support, proper education. It's like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can, I completely agree in that sense. I can relate. Like, I am a survivor of sexual assault, and I was given an ultimatum that you go to therapy or you come home. Mm -hmm. And I was such a fool because I saw it as such a weak thing yeah mm -hmm. and the amount of power that you can take back just by understanding what has happened to you and I think it takes so much to truly like step back and see what has occurred and to face that trauma it's it's a lifelong thing like you're never yeah. gonna yeah. be fully healed from it never. no and you can't do it on your own as much right, as no. you want to, as stubborn as I was, yeah. I wanted to do it on my own. You can't. Right. And so I think we it's just so hard because it's such a systemic thing of like we mm -hmm. see therapy as being Bad. weak. Yeah. And yeah. we're not. And I went to therapy right before this. Yeah. <laughs> I am proud to say it. <laughs> 
And it just it makes you stronger. Like, of course, when we look at it, it's like, okay, they're gonna think I'm weak because I'm talking about it. But like, no, like you're so strong for being able to get that off your chest and being able to talk about it. And mm-hmm. whether we say it or not, it actually gives probably the next person like the comfort to want to talk about it as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I feel like it's like you said, it's just like a culture thing, a system thing that yeah. just it just get shamed on so many times. And we need to have the power to call out these discretions. I mean, I dealt with a situation last year where I called out someone who was like in front of all of us harassing another Mm. person and it got in a way like kind of volatile, but then the next day two girls came forward and reported with Title IX because they Mm. said, we saw you standing up and taking initiative and Mm -hmm. we thought, well, if she can do it, then we can say and admit that this has happened to us as well. Mm-hmm. So I think even if you don't think what you're doing matters or is helping, it probably is. You just yeah. can't see it. Right. That's my whole thing with Shu. That's why mm-hmm. I'm so open about having herpes. That's why I'm so open about being sexually assaulted. I mm-hmm. think it's something that if one person can stand up and say this has happened to me or I go through this on a daily basis, it gives somebody else the strength. And Mm -hmm. yes, I might get laughed at when I'm tabling, or yes, I might get people ghosting me when I'm open about having Mm -hmm. herpes on a dating app, but like for that one instance that that happens, there's 10 other people that you empower. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think too, there's so much power in just a single intimate conversation. Like I find that with my programming, I've dealt with so many occasions where I've had people come to me and they're like, whoa, I'm not a woman. Like, can I get left behind? Just like joking about the name. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe take the information, read it, like take it in. If you throw it out, that's fine. But mm-hmm. I just had a conversation with someone and they were able to share something with me and I was able to help them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if I can help someone and watch their gears and their head turn up, oh, like that clicks, that makes sense. Then for that one person, I'll take 50 bad reactions exactly. yeah. because it really just takes one person to then continue on that domino effect. Mm-hmm. It makes such a big difference because the next person we want to talk about it and the next person, the next person, it becomes so big and then like now we're on campus and it's like everybody's talking about it. And so then I feel like men will probably see like an even more bigger change with shoe and with, oops, with no women left behind and title not like everything will probably just what's that one do a 180 yeah and they're like it'll just be totally different but of course like some of these things won't happen overnight yeah no but that's course, the thing it's yeah. like with especially with healing with um like after going through a traumatic event like you're not going to heal overnight so you're not going to see these changes overnight not you have to be patient you have to keep fighting for the change mm-hmm. even whenever you get burnt out yeah no yeah that's a big thing mm-hmm. yeah i think just having the perspective of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah, I woke up today and it sucked and I regressed a lot, but I'm gonna go have this conversation with this person that I might not even be aware about and that might change their entire perspective on the Mm -hmm. way that they see their safety on campus or the way they see the resources that are available to them. And that is what matters. And that is the conversation that we need to continue to have every Mm -hmm. single day, regardless of how difficult it is for us because it is a daily challenge and it does suck almost yeah. every day mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but that's it it's ending the stigma of that too like if we are able to admit that it's not going to be easy mm-hmm. then that takes away so much power from a perpetrator mm-hmm. and yeah. your ability to stand in your power 
is what enacts that change and especially last year everyone coming together and calling out all the indiscretions that was amazing that was a perfect example of what we can do when we're all standing together and yeah i agree but it sucks so bad that like the university did nothing like it had it had to be left up to students and every alert that we get is like oh it was sexual assault and everything but it's just like on campus it's just like we're not talking about the assaults that happen at like apartment complexes because there's so many here Mm -hmm. so many and it's just like the university doesn't take responsibility for that even if the you know perpetrator was a student and even if it was reported and everything and then it's just like and if you try to protect yourself it's just like oh some people carry around a pocket knife it's just like oh but the blade can't be longer than three inches Mm -hmm. Mm, what is that going to do how is that going to protect me you can't have a taser says who (laughs) (laughs) why can't i have a taser like in my apartment complex, the gym is right there. And every morning, or like, that I go to the gym, I put that taser in my tote bag, and I'm yeah. like, let's go. <laughs> because I'm like, if you're not going to take care of me, I'm going to take care of me. Yeah. And I, yeah. yeah, and it's just like, it feels like it's being left up to students, and it does suck and everything. But it's nice to know that it's it's like, while the university may not be doing something directly, you know, they're helping with, you know... Um, like health organizations and like what you guys do with shoe and with no woman left behind i think that's you know decent but it's just like i think we could do a little bit better from here but like you said nothing happens overnight right and like the support from students to student is amazing like being able to just go up to somebody and just have that conversation like you said the conversation that y'all had and how that changed before you guys and for the others um, but like also just getting the support from campus, like we're paying our money to them. Yeah. Like, how can we get such a stronger support in knowing that they have our back for whatever we're going through, whether it be going to therapy, going to those support groups and things of that sort. We yeah. just need to hold them accountable. Yeah. yeah. It's all about that's, accountability. That's mm-hmm. my biggest thing. I'm like, mm-hmm. why, why are we getting mad at her? Why are we not getting mad at the university? Yeah. yeah. Or like, I remember freshman year there, my freshman year, it was like I was getting these alerts every like few weeks and everything. I don't remember if you guys remember like 20, 2019. Yeah, there was like four in like the span of like a the month. First semester. Yeah. So, yeah. And it was, uh, and I was talking to my friends. I was like, whoa, like this is crazy. Like there's already been four. And like this. she's just like, honestly, I hate to say it, but I'm glad. She was like, she's like, because it's gonna happen. She's like, it's happening. And it happened every other year, but this year it's getting reported more. She's mm-hmm. like, and I'm She's grateful good. for that. And I was like, oh, I guess I never thought about it like that way. Like mm-hmm. in my head, I'm like, oh my God, like this is happening so much. And I'm like, at least it's being reported to me. At least I know where it's happening. At mm-hmm. least I know, you know, like things that I can avoid or like the times in which these things were reported to have happened. I'm like, that's a dangerous time. I can like make a note in my head. I'm like, don't. Don't do this. Don't do this. And it sucks that I have to do that. It's terrible that but we it's, have to do that. That's all I can think about right now. No, yeah, it's but it's terrible that we have to make note of like, don't do this at this time. No, no, yeah, but I mean, it's. I guess it's better than not having a warning at all. Yeah. I mean, it's terrible that the first reactionary response that we get is, don't walk alone. Mm-hmm. Don't wear this. Don't drink this. Don't say this. Don't say that. Yeah. Don't make these gestures. And there's just not. There needs to be a level of transparency. Like, mm-hmm. there's not there. Like, we are not advocating enough for survivors. And yeah. that should be, like, the precedent the and number the, one thing. The mm-hmm. initial reaction. And I think 
the other thing is too, we're not being <clears throat> inclusive. And yeah. mm -hmm. we are so stuck on this only female-based reaction mm -hmm. that we forget to understand that transgender women are the most are most likely to be affected by yeah. sexual assault or harassment in their lifetimes. Right. And they're at the highest risk. Mm -hmm. But that's not plastered it's not talked about, yeah. And so I think the other thing is too, having those conversations where we're representing all individuals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And exactly. not just talking about heterosexual, cisgender mm -hmm. women. Exactly. And it's like whether you're in support of the LGBTQ community or not, wrong is wrong. Mm -hmm. They should not be assaulted. Oh, not assaulted. Assaulted, period. They're a person. It, yeah. At, at the, the, end the end of the day, of the day. they're a human. It shouldn't happen to them. It doesn't matter what lifestyle they decide to choose. That doesn't mean just because they're transgender, they should be open to wanting to be assaulted. I'm pretty sure they don't walk around saying, yes, assault me. I'm right here, open and free. No. Like, they deserve the human respect and decency that mm -hmm. heterosexual men and women get as well. And the same support yeah. that women would get, the same support that, you know, everyone else would get. Exactly, exactly. I think, like, men should also be, like, the stigma around men should always be strong. They go through some things as well. Yeah. And so I want them to also have that support here on campus as well, because I've never seen a report about a man being sexually assaulted yeah. here, and it may have happened already, but we just... I think that it's too, like, there's just so much stigma around yeah. reporting. And mm -hmm. I also think there's just this lack of understanding, like we said with consent, that yeah, they don't they don't see it as oh I was drinking, I was drunk, like blackout, and I was intimate with someone. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not seen as rape to them. No. Yeah, and they don't understand when it's happened to mm -hmm. them because mm -hmm. you know I know a lot of guys unfortunately who are like oh like I'm a man so I should want to have sex right. And I'm like, no, babe, no, like, <laughs> that's not, you don't, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. Right. I mean, you shouldn't mm -hmm. if you don't want to. That's, that's sexual assault. And I think with a lot of men, they, um, or just non cisgender women need to really understand consent, just the basics of consent, the complexities of consent, like mm -hmm. we were talking about in the beginning, it's so complex. It's right. way more than just yes or no. Mm -hmm. I also think just understanding the process of Title IX is so yeah. important mm -hmm. too because I think so many people, I mean, especially myself, it's such a daunting thing to mm -hmm. go in there and put everything on the line to mm -hmm. possibly not be believed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who wants to do that? No one. Yeah. And I think making sure that you're advertising, like, you are allowed to bring whomever you please if you choose to report when you go and talk to someone because having that support system can make all the difference and at the end of the day regardless of if someone tells you that they don't believe you you're believed by so many other people mm -hmm. yep i believe mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. at the end yeah. and like could you like talk a little bit like how that process works just like let's say a listener is listening right now to what we're talking about and they may feel like, okay, maybe I should go Constant to Constant harassment and yeah. everything. And, and they're like, I need to report this. Yeah, so how, how does that process look like? So within housing, we're mandated reporters. So mm -hmm. if a resident discloses anything to us, we automatically have to report mm -hmm. what we know. I make sure if I'm ever in any of those situations, I say that right off the bat. 
Yeah. I'm here to support you. I believe you. Mm -hmm. Just know that everything you're telling me, I do have to go forward and report. So the reporting process, when you go online and report, you disclose what has happened. Mm -hmm. And then the report mm -hmm. is sent to the Title IX office and you sit down and meet with someone. And in a way, it's like a conversation. You discuss that. And I think that's where a lot of it gets lost in translation of if you don't want to continue on with any part of that process, you absolutely don't have to. You're mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. forced to report. You don't have to go through the entire process because the amount of secondary trauma that can cause an individual is extensive. And I think the other thing is too, people think they have to go in there completely alone mm -hmm. with their own self-doubt. So having that just direct support system of a friend or a parent or anyone yeah. makes all the difference. And I think that Title IX is making efforts to be far more supportive. It's just mm -hmm. difficult because it's such a legal thing. Mm -hmm. It's such a legal-based process that it makes it hard if you don't have any other areas of resources and support that you're utilizing. Right. And so as they're going through that process, what are some things that you personally would like to do for, um, as in support of those survivors and some things for you to do as well as a part of SHU? I mean, I think the first thing I always do is I always say I believe them. Mm -hmm. It's crazy what those two words can do, but just to have one other person say, I hear you, I mm -hmm. believe you, and I'm with you, that that says enough in itself. I think the other thing is too, I always, always refer to CAPS. And if not cap, someone who is outside the community who can help in a greater sense, who is trained on helping with that type of trauma is the biggest thing because it's not something you can do alone. It doesn't yeah. matter how strong you think you are, how stubborn you are, you can't do it alone. Right, right. I was gonna say pretty much the exact same thing. I think what is so important is to just say, I believe you, is to give mm -hmm. them um, that reassurance, that acceptance of listen, like, and to say thank you, I think. Mm -hmm. To say mm -hmm. thank you for sharing your story with for me. For feeling comfortable to do that. Yeah, it's, it's huge. No, yeah, because I bet it's so hard. It's like, sitting there retelling everything that happened to you. It mm -hmm. is terrifying. And it brings up a lot of trauma. Again, like, it makes, when you think about it, you relive it. Your body mm -hmm. relives it. So, it takes a lot and so I like to say thank you I believe you and then again refer them to CAPS refer them to the Northwest Arkansas Center for Sexual mm -hmm. Assault mm -hmm. um, the Respect Center all of it like yeah. you have these resources and what I was kind of going to say earlier is that I wish these resources were advertised more that we've had more awareness of them because that's a big thing that I try to do with SHU is just bring awareness to everything um, that has to do with sexual health mm -hmm. and I would like to bring awareness to everything that has to do with sexual assault as well. Mm -hmm. um, just have people know that they have these resources close by that they can reach out to. It's so important. Yeah. And I think those three words just simply, I believe you, are just so powerful mm -hmm. in their own. Like, um, screw it. I'll just share. I was talking to a therapist and I was telling her about an encounter I had with sexual assault. I mean, sexual harassment. I never tell anybody. Like, she was the very first person I told. Now, whoever's listening now knows. And so, as I was telling her, I can, I don't even remember what happened. Like, it didn't jog my memory until, like, later on. I was like, wait, this really happened? And so, as soon as I told her, she said, well, first off, I believe you. It happened. Don't think that 
you were in the wrong for anything that you did. And I'm like, I mean, I don't believe I was in the wrong, but I didn't, I can't remember what happened all exactly. Still to this day, I know it happened, but as far as like how, what I said, like the day is still a foggy memory. And it's like, okay, well, at least she believes me. Mm-hmm. And at least I can still talk to her about it. And so like just those three words alone just provide so much support for them, for everybody to hear and be like, okay, I'm not in this alone. And like you said, nobody can do that alone. It's such a hard task to do, like to go through mentally. Cause you're like, okay, well, I think I can do it. I think I don't have to talk about it. But then like you're at home and you're alone you're like, Hmm. Um, yeah, I can't do this alone. Yeah. This, it has to be talked about, yeah. I think the other thing is, too, giving grace to survivors. And mm-hmm. making sure you're so consciously aware yeah. when you're with someone who's sharing their story. Right. Of me sitting this close to someone, mm-hmm. I could possibly be triggering them. So always asking those questions. Is it okay if I sit here? Yeah. Do you need physical touch right now? Would you rather I sit at a distance? I don't want to trigger you again. What things are off limits? Just Mm -hmm. being so conscious that any little thing you say or do can can re-traumatize someone in an instant. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I personally, like every time I go to therapy, I post on my Snapchat. I know that doesn't seem like a lot, but, um, like, I'll be like, guess what my therapist just told me? And <laughs> I'll, like, post on my Snapchat. I'll tell them, like, what I talked about with her. Yeah. And, like, to some people, they're like, you're oversharing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's fine. Because while you think that, there's, like, people sliding up on my story being like, girl, like, I felt this way for, like, so long and everything. And I'm like, now we get to have a conversation. Now I get to, like, learn something about someone that I didn't know before. Or now people feel more comfortable opening, you know, or being like, maybe I should go to therapy. And I'm like, I'm like, yes, go to therapy. Like everyone, if therapy was, I wish therapy was free so everyone could have it. But I was like, anyone can benefit from therapy. Yes. And like when we're here, like on campus, I'm like, uh, you know, I hear like guys talking and they're like, yeah, like they're like, it just be like that sometimes. And I'm like, you should go see a therapist. And they're like, therapy is expensive. I'm like. Baby, hit up caps. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I didn't even know, like, what caps yeah. said or anything exactly. like that. Mm-hmm. It needs to be more advertised. Exactly. Yeah. And, like, Title IX, like, some people don't even know, like, really what it does. Like, they, they're like, oh, yeah, is that that thing that I saw in the bathroom? And I'm like, did you read it? Did you read it? Like, and they're like, yeah, but I don't really, like, understand what it does. You know, like, that small piece of information can't cover everything. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like... It's, I don't want to say that it's, like, on this person to, like, be informed because it's not, you know, some in some situations you can't be as informed as, like, you need to be, you know, on everything. And sometimes people need to correct you and people need to, but yeah. I think you should be willing and open to learn and take the classes. It's just, like, so many people, like, I see they're, like, a gender studies class. Like, what are you, <laughs> like, a, a, this very liberal of you or something, you know, like, sitting there bashing people and yeah. they're, like, or literally, you find out somebody's major is in gender studies, and they're like, that's not even a real major. You know, yeah. like, downplaying yeah. everything about, mm-hmm. like, all of these things. And I'm like, you're less educated than them, and you're, like, talking down on these things. So I think it's about being open. It's about accepting, like, you don't know everything. And just because, you know, this isn't your journey doesn't mean it's not other people's Somebody journey. Is, yeah. yeah, and it's just... 
I find the whole thing so crazy and it makes me so radicalized. But then I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, gotta tone it down, gotta be like, I guess easy to swallow mm -hmm. to other people. And I get that. It's, it's really hard to do like a lot of things. Like at first, so many things were hard to me, like going to therapy, right? And so I feel like if people were telling me like, oh, it's okay to get therapy. It's okay to get the help that you need. I would be, I would have been so much more open to it instead yeah. of just like, you know, waiting to be dragged to therapy by yeah. my mother, you know, <laughs> who like finally noticed was like, oh my God, there's something wrong with this girl. Yeah. And I could have taken that initiative and gone myself. And so I think that like what you guys do is great to like have these organizations. Uh, I definitely didn't. I hate to say it, but I didn't know about them before. You know, I had heard about them maybe like a few times, but mm -hmm. not in depth of like what you do, maybe just like a general overview. Like I took a masculinity class mm -hmm. this semester. Really fun. I never thought I would enjoy a masculinity class <laughs> so much. And it's, um, and so we had like some people come in and talk about like what consent meant and everything. And it mm -hmm. was like great. Like I had a good time. And so many of like the men in there were like, there were, I guess they took it because it was just like, you know, they were like, oh, easy grade, blah, blah, blah. But it's just, like you said, seeing the wheels turning and everything yeah. clicking. And they were like, like realizing that they themselves maybe have been coerced yeah. as like men. And they're like, yeah, like she was just coming on super strong and everything. I'm like, that's harassment. She yeah. harassed you. Yes. And I'm like, I've seen it like so many times and I'm like, dude, like, why don't you tell her like back off? And they're mm -hmm. like, I don't know. Like she's just coming on super strong and like, you know, whatever. You're supposed to take it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Cause you're a man. I'm like, no, she's harassing you. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, if, if that was a guy and they were doing that to me, what would you say? And I'm like, I hate to be like, oh, reverse the roles. Cause you know, sometimes it's not always it's like that. Like, yeah, it's not, it shouldn't. I shouldn't have to do that for you to realize that it's like wrong all the time, you know? But it's just like, it. sometimes it helps. And I was like seeing it click in so many men and they were like, oh, I'm gonna take a masculinity class. And then they're like realizing, oh my God, so this many of, yeah, so many of these things are wrong. Or them like realizing that they've kind of been like blaming the women in their life a little bit, you know? And they're like, I'm so sorry, like I didn't realize. And they were like, you know, like texting their friends, like, I'm so sorry. Like, I did not mean for things to like come off this way or like them like thinking back and reflecting. And I'm like, it's super important. That was just from one day of like that yeah. one class. And I'm like, one day made such a big difference in yeah. those guys' lives. And now I'm, they were like, you know, I try to tell my friends like, oh, don't go like walking alone. And I'm like, you're blaming them. You're putting the, the everything on them to like keep themselves safe. And they're like, you know what? Like, that's that's the reality of it. And they're like, for now on, I will walk with them. And you know, <laughs> it's just like, I, I felt really good to see a little bit of me being radicalized in them. And I was like, perfect, you know? And that was just one class. So I can only imagine like the help that it would be to like bring like these organizations like yeah. to the light and like show them to more men and women alike. Cause I still enjoyed the class. Um, but it was so nice and so refreshing to see it be like more geared towards men, like that one, like in that one instance. And it's so needed. Like at first when I took gender studies, I was like, 
girl, really? Like, I hate how close-minded I was at first. It's like, gender studies, like, I really have to take this. I was really, really just mad because it was at night, honestly. <laughs> and then, like, as we were going through the semester, I was like, I'm glad I took this course. It's like, it's so much that you learn. Like, like you said, when you see students in your class and you're talking about it, how they're, how the wheels start turning, how they like, like, okay, this is this, this is that, this is that. And so I remember one time I was in an interview and he asked you, like, what is one course do you think everybody in uh, college should take? And I was like, what does this have to do with finance? But okay. I was like, gender studies. Like anything along that spectrum, I feel like a lot of students should take it because you just learned so much, whether it be from the teacher or whether it be from the students, those conversations mm -hmm. are being held. And that's something that a lot of people should be open to just to get that generalized idea. No, yeah, yeah I was definitely like, uh, when people were like, oh, what's your schedule looking like? I was like, oh, I'm taking like one hour and this, 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 and this. I was like, why am I ashamed to say that I'm taking a masculinity class right now? And then mm -hmm. I did say, oh, I'm taking a masculinity class. It's about like fragile masculinity in America and everything like that. And they were like, it was silent. I was like, um. I think that's so cool. I'm like, yeah. please <laughs> right? say something. I'm like, please. And they're just sitting there like, you know, oh. Like, yeah. that's not, it made me feel like they were telling me like, oh, that's not a real class or like, that's so easy, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know how much I enjoy that class. Literally every day I had that class, I'm, I'm big on being late to class, but I was early to my seat <laughs> in that class every single day. I was like, I was like, what are we going to talk about today? Cause I sure have a lot of opinions. <laughs> yeah. So it felt really nice, you know, and when people are like, oh, I need to like fill in a class. I'm like, you should take a masculinity class or like yeah. you should take a, this class. And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, you're just ashamed, but I'm not ashamed. It was a fun class. It was a great class. I like got even more educated than I thought that I was. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, you don't just learn from the instructor. You're learning from the other students in the mm -hmm. class too. And I think that was a great class. So yeah, right. And as we get ready to go ahead and wrap up, like what are like some key things that you feel like all students should know on campus or things that they can gain from campus or from your guys' organization? Go first and then I'll go. Um, it's in a way like kind of terrifying and daunting, but I think just being aware of it can happen to you. And yeah. I know that is like one of the scariest things to hear. Yeah. And no one wants to hear that, but right. If you come in with an inability to recognize those signs and to understand entirely what is going on around you, the campus climate you're in, then you're setting yourself up to not be aware of others' experiences, of your own experiences. So I think just making sure you're coming in, having some type of education. If that means questioning everything and anything around you, then do it. Ask hard questions. Call out the people who are doing things that are horrific or wrong, or if you even have the slightest gut feeling that something's off. Mm -hmm. I also think just exploring more of the resources around you. If you don't know, it's it's just so, like baseline, just ask. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's hard for a lot of people to ask for help, but help is here and it's all around you and it's crazy the amount of same stories that are on campus and off campus and just all around us and mm -hmm. i think with no woman left behind it's the hope to gauge even just that one intimate conversation having a ripple effect and 
I think there's so much more work we need to do mm-hmm. with education and support and advocacy, but we're on the path to making sure that our students are safe, making sure that our students are heard and supported and believed. And that is just the baseline right there of just believing our students. Right, right. I think mine kind of falls along those lines as well of like with shoe. I want you to know that it can happen to you not only with sexual assault but with STIs. Mm-hmm. And I also want you to know that you are not alone. Yeah. And that I believe you. And that having an STI is so common. Yeah. Or getting sexually assaulted, you are not alone. It has unfortunately happened to three of us at least in this room. And we've talked about that here. And it's a difficult thing to talk about, but the more that you talk about it, mm-hmm. the more open people are to what's the word? Like finding support. Like yeah. Like you're convincing others, you're motivating others, you're inspiring others to seek out support, to seek out help, to seek out healing. So I think just destigmatizing all of it, normalizing, not normalizing sexual assault, but you know what I mean, like normal, the conversation. Yeah, normalizing awareness. those conversations, bringing mm-hmm. awareness to it, um, is just so important. Yeah, right. And all right, you guys, y'all heard. Wait, 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 wait. Can I ask, like, oh, yeah, what you know? We yeah. should. Uh, could you tell people like how they can join your organizations oh, yeah. and where they oh, can yeah. find you guys and everything? So, Shu, we're on Instagram at UARKSHU, U-A-R-K-S-H-O-O. That's where we post a lot of our um, infographics, just about anything sexual health. And the link in our bio, you can find our GroupMe information, um, some Google Forms where you can ask us questions about sexual health. Mm -hmm. Um, We have meetings about every three to four weeks. Um, We should have one coming up before the semester ends, maybe another event. We're definitely having an event with No Woman Left Behind. I'm in December, so keep your eye out for that. And then... Yeah, so with No Woman Left Behind, everything is usually based within residence halls. Mm -hmm. So it's open to all residents on campus. Uh, You can find any information on our Instagram. Also, Hogsync is a great place to stay Mm -hmm. up to date on our programs. We try to get in every dorm as much as possible. It's hard because there's so many students to reach on campus. Uh, The other great part of No One Left Behind is you can become involved by becoming an intern. Mm. So at semester, we will start hiring for that position. So if you're passionate about it and you want to amplify your voice on campus, then I would recommend applying for that. But I think the biggest thing is just supporting each other, standing in your power, and making sure that students are heard. Yeah. That's the most we can try and do with our advocacy. Such a big thing. Yeah, yeah. All right, you guys, y'all heard it here first. And if you didn't pick up on on anything, we want to make sure that you guys know that we all believe you. We 100% stand behind you. And if you need any help, you can reach out to Shu. You can reach out to No One Left Behind. Or you can even reach out to UARC Podcast. We will 100% be behind you guys. Connect you with the resources that you need. Exactly. And we definitely want to say a big thanks to Grace and Megan for being here and sharing their experiences and sharing their knowledge um, around sexual assault and STIs, UTIs, STDs, everything that you can think about. (laughs) We definitely want to thank them for talking about it. So if you guys want to be a guest on our show, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at UARC Podcast and shoot us a DM or just go ahead and click that link in our bio so catch us next time we'll be wrapping up our first season see you later bye bye